0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Monday George Show. And today, you are in for a treat uh, that earned the explicit label. So today, I have to say, I got to give it, I am stoked to have my friend Rob Bailey on the show. Um, if you don't know who Rob Bailey is, you must be living in Iraq. Uh, Rob and Dana Lynn Bailey are absolute forces when it comes to making a change in this world and absolutely crushing from music to race cars to bodybuilding to supplement companies to Flagner Fail, you name it, we talk about it. I'm going to have to have Rob on for session number two. And luckily, he lives right up the street, so it's not a big deal. But this episode alone eradicated any excuse I've ever had to not take action. Like, I left this episode, recording this episode, with a fire in my belly that has been running for weeks of just like crush everything. And so we talk about everything, how growing up with nothing and starting with nothing with extreme ownership will get you everything in life, how you can build a life in a business that you never need a vacation from, why your losses hold the keys to what you really want. But more importantly, like getting to the root of it, Rob has this amazing principle that he always carries with like own everything. And he talks about F-Y-K-E, which is one of their big slogans. We break down what it means, how you can use it, And how to thrive with it. Plus, I think I give the best freestyle intro I've ever given when it comes to the podcast because Rob was impressed and he said he wanted a copy of it. So with all that being said, this episode is loaded with nuggets. So make sure you grab one, share it, save it, listen to it again as much as needed. But I'm going to shut my mouth now. Let's cue the intro and let's get into the show. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mind of Georgia where we get dings in here. And today I am with the king of Fs. That's what I'm going to name you. You The king of Fs? The king of Fs. Ready? Flag nor fail. Focused. Always moving forward. Flying a Porsche over a Ford to follow a feeling. A founder. A believer in freedom. Ferocious. Fuck you. Kill everything. And the cherry on top. A good
1: friend. Holy shit. I thought about that driving over here. That was really good. Whatever that was.
0: I thought about that driving over here. Man, I'm
1: going to have to re-listen to this and slow it down for myself because that was fast.
0: Yeah, because I was like, I gave you too much coffee. I know. I'm one sip in. It's great. And I was no, I was like driving over, and I was like, God, the alliterations around F like make me happy.
1: It's a lot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good letter, and it's dope. It's it's a good know. Letter. It's not my favorite looking letter. Mm. I've had to deal with it uh, with the flag nor fail for a long time now, and it's a hard letter to design with. Yeah. I just don't like it as much as I wish I did.
0: Yeah, and I don't think you can get away from it since you have what, like a sixteen foot F on the front <laughs> no, of the building. I think, I think
1: it's eight and a half feet, <laughs> dude. When I did the eight and a half foot logo design on the front of the building, that was one of my first thing. I was like, I wonder how big this is going to be in real life. And they showed up, and I was like, Oh, it's it's bigger than me. Yeah.
0: No, I was like, I was. I
1: told my wife, like, living in the valley, I land at like midnight, and I can see the flag <laughs> seal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm yeah. coming into the airport. Yep. I'm like, yeah. I'm home. Welcome back. Yeah. Eventually I want to paint something on the roof, but I'm going to wait for next year. I've yeah. had enough of this building for, for now. I'm <laughs> going to take a little break from it. I, lo-
0: I love it, man. So I can't ask you the normal questions I ask because I know them and it's just not fun.
1: Yeah. I always get asked the same exact question. Yeah. So
0: this one, this one, I guarantee you've never been asked mm-hmm. and it's a perfect one. If you could combine two animals to be your spirit animal, what would they be and why?
1: So questions like this always stress me out. I know because you know how you can just answer them. You can be like, "Oh, I want a tiger and an owl, yeah. or something." Because I, I, I put so much pressure on it because I feel like one day when I answer this question, it's going to happen, and then I'm stuck with the results. <laughs> so, <laughs> two animals. Um, well, I want something really ferocious, right? Yeah. That, like doesn't rely on anything. This is stressful, man. Why you got to ask me? Que- Can't you ask me the simple questions? Let's go back to that. We have plenty of friends with those I don't podcasts. Know. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, man, I want something that can, okay, so, so there has to be a winged animal. Yeah. One of them needs wings. Yep. So you, we're we'll, on the same path. We'll go with the bald eagle. Just, you know, freedom, right? Yep. So we got freedom. I got wings. I got a cool white head. I want to keep the white head just because yeah. I feel like it's, Bro, you know... if you
0: pick the second one I picked, I'm going to lose my shit. Wait,
1: you already picked this? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, no. I want you to go with it. I know, I know, I know. But then I also want to be, um, I want to fly, but I want to be powerful. Are people like shooting at me?
0: In probably like, am I being hunted? It's twenty twenty one, so yes.
1: Yeah. So like, cause I don't want to be like a like a grizzly bear with wings, you know? Cause I'm, they're gonna be like looking at me. Yeah um i feel like you can be a transformer like you can go from well that's why i was gonna go with maybe like chameleon okay because like now we're like we're adding up superpowers right that's dope um horses have really big dicks yeah (laughs) but you're still like a giant flying thing not that a giant dick is a superpower (laughs) but i feel like it's a good combination yeah. All right, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, a male horse. I love it. With uh, with American eagle wings and uh, a white head. So
0: we'll go stallion
1: and I love it. I yep. did
0: a bald eagle and an orca whale.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I went see so my, my problem is I feel like if the average person, like if if an abnormal American would see a flying orca whale, they're going to try to shoot it down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like a you're a threat. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to go with that. Yeah. No, I love it. I didn't mean to stress you out. So wait, you're out of the water? So you basically, you combine both
0: together. I didn't ever think about what I would look like. But that's all I can
1: think about, dude. Yeah.
0: No, the chameleon one, that's the first I've heard of that one. I've got labs, I've gotten other things, but like the bald eagle chameleon, I like it. The bald horse. eagle, yeah,
1: that feels right because it's like you yeah. can fly and you can like change color. But I'm into horses all of a sudden. I, I don't know. I know.
0: I know. I know. I'm still petrified to introduce my wife to Dana. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's Something's going to happen. I know. Yeah, it's one of those things you got to watch out. It's like Mentos and Diet Coke. Yep. Like, oh shit, we made a mess.
0: And Rob and I have a career in front of us that we don't know what that role is going to be as a husband when that combination happens.
1: I just got to buy horses. Yeah, yeah. I got a farm. It just has no horses on it. I know. Yeah. I know. And I'll be behind on the dirt bike or the quad. So I, it, I didn't mean man.
0: to stress you out, but I love that question.
1: No, it's a good question. It made me think. Yeah, I like it.
0: Now, I will say since we become friends, most of my audience is like, who's Rob? And I was like, that's a good question. I'm like, he's just a dope human and a friend yeah, of mine, but I, uh... we live in very different worlds. Yeah, And so I describe it as like, okay, so he basically follows his passion, stays mm-hmm. in alignment and then figures out a way to monetize it so that he can love every ounce of his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty much, uh, I've really come to the conclusion recently that I am, I'm just a I don't want to say creator or designer, Mm -hmm. but I'm just a creative person who, if I like something, I figure out how to make it my life. Yeah. And then I go through seasons and I find something else and I make that my life. And Mm -hmm. that's what I do now where in the
0: timeline. So like I know about some of it, right? So Mm -hmm. gym owner, right? Musician, uh, obviously
1: Flagner fail run everything.
0: Where, where was the music in all of this?
1: Uh, music was an easy one. So I was making YouTube videos. Okay. Uh, essentially because I wanted to make Dana, Famous. Yeah, right. So I started making YouTube videos and she crushed on YouTube. It was back in like 2000 and I don't know 2009 Mm. I didn't realize that I was like (laughs) at the beginning of YouTube. I was like YouTube. All right I'll just upload here. This will be easy I wish I would have been aware a little bit, but I wasn't so I was just like uploading nonsense but everyone in the fitness world was shooting pretty much they would shoot a workout and then they would do a voiceover interview. Okay. So I'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, my diet's been really on point. And then you're like watching me do bench press in the background. I thought it was boring. So I just was like, I don't know, I'll make music videos with the limited skill that I had. So I was using, you know, um, just different hardcore artists and stuff like that. And then YouTube started to monetize and block. Yep. And I was making, I think $7,000 a month just from YouTube. On, just on YouTube, on Dana's videos. And it like instantly, all the videos got blocked. And I was like, oh, no. Well, I guess I'll just have to make my own music to go in the background. So I, filmed a, I, I did a song called Work, Hustle, Kill. Yep. Um, don't remember what year that was. But Work, Hustle, Kill, and then I filmed my friend in the animal cage at Arnold. And I edited Work, Hustle, Kill to that video. And the next day I woke up, and, you know, the video had a decent amount of views, you know, like 50,000 views or something like that. Um, and then I saw download links on bodybuilding.com of my music. And I was like, what is this? So I went, and there was whole threads where they took the parts of the song where there wasn't audio over, and they just looped it, and then they put it up for download. And I was like, "Are they? St- I guess they're stealing my songs. Wait a second. I'll just upload this song to to iTunes. So we uploaded to iTunes. And at the end of the month, I was like, I don't even know how this works. Like, and he was like, I guess we get a check. So we got a check for, it was like right at a thousand dollars, which you would get 70 cents per dollar. Okay. So it had to be like 1400 downloads. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, dude, a check for a thousand dollars and I didn't do anything. I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what do you, what should we do? And my, my, the other half of my band hustle was like, well, apparently people like your music or like our music, we should make more. It's like, all right, cool. And we came and then we just released an album. We did the same thing. We recorded an album, we released it. Uh, I had a really bad hernia the last, (laughs) I found a video the other day. So the last day of recording, I had like my hernia had gotten out of control. And when I would scream, my hernia would pop out so i had to like push it back in and then like hold it so there somewhere on the internet there's pretty funny videos of me screaming pushing my hernia back in uh but anyway we released the album on iTunes and it uh did fantastic. We hit like 13th on the billboard charts. Wow. Like not, you know how everyone says like, Oh, I'm number one on iTunes. Yeah. That's a category. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. I held number one between number one and number three. When Skrillex was (laughs) as big as Skrillex was, Mm -hmm. Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard for five years was top three in electronic on iTunes. But we, you know, we've hit, I think the closest we've got is like number three or number two, maybe somewhere in there with our albums. We're normally there for two days in overall iTunes, but we hit 13th on the billboard charts. That's insane. now it was only for like a day. Yeah. But like we got the article and I was like, what the like, and then, you know, I don't know. We, uh, we just kept making music. I love it. So I just did it just cause I needed to put background music in. And I was like, well, if I can make, if we can make background tracks, like, of course I can scream over it. That'll make it cool. So <laughs> I just did that.
0: Yeah. And I think knowing you personally, like one of your philosophies that I love that I don't know if a lot of people understand, but I truly get is like, you want to own everything. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so like using a YouTube video, YouTube's like seven eh, eh, K gone yep. and you're like, not anymore. I yeah. own it. How can I, I own fix it. this? Yeah. How did you get to that point of like, what was that moment where you're like in everything in my life, like I have to own it or I have to do it. Like, what was that like to get there?
1: Uh, I think growing up. So growing up, I never really had any resources, right? Like we were, it's weird because we weren't poor, but we were in like a really weird place where we were the, the bottom of middle class of where we were. So it was like we had stuff, like we had a boat, which of course you're not poor if you own a fucking boat, but the boat didn't really run. You know what I mean? So it was like all my friends had boats. But then like I'd go out on my boat and we'd be stuck out there all day getting towed in by the fucking Coast Guard. Or like, uh, you know, like I was able, I was able, I was in a, a, around enough people where we could go to like, uh, like Boy Scout camp. But like one of my friends' parents would pay. Or I would be able to go to uh, like basketball camp and one of my friends' parents would like pick it up so that I could hang out with their son and then, like when I got there, I was wearing like Spalding shoes that my mom painted white with nail polish. So like I was always just very aware that I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, like everybody just has nicer shit than me. So I learned to sew very early on. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to grow up, um, I realized that like I couldn't afford Jinkos. Mm-hmm. Like you remember Jinko jeans? Oh. <laughs> I couldn't afford inch <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> I couldn't afford parachute pants. I couldn't afford any of that stuff. And like. All the dudes in hardcore bands, all the dudes uh, that were older than me that were starting like pu- like punk bands and all that, that's how they all dressed. And I was okay. like, well, I can make all this stuff, right? So like I would end up getting old pants of my dad's and like sewing in seams and like making them bigger and then sewing on cargo pockets because they were really popular and realize that like, oh, I can just construct my own things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really made me realize that I can create whatever I want and then even going into college, like realizing like, you know, working as a chef for a very long time, um, you know, there's like a pride in like, no, I, I make my own salad dressing. Oh, we need mayonnaise. I make my mayonnaise. So I always learned that from the start, which was, yeah, you make everything in the dish. You don't, you know, like you don't even pull out bacon. Like, no, 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 we have pork that then we cure and we make and and we turn it into our version of bacon because we want to make everything in the dish. So I think looking back, there was like a lot of ownership. My dad grew up with a lot of ownership over things. And then when I went to art school, I went to uh, play football and I dropped out and I went to art school for, I think, a year before I dropped out of there. And that was it. I was like, well, if we're going to do a project, like my friends would do projects with tire advertisements. And it's like, well, yeah, they rip a cool photo of a 9-11. They put that up there. And then they get a photo of a tire, and, and you can assemble it. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it's a beautiful ad. Like, You just used a bunch of professional stock photography to assemble it. But for me, it was like, well, I want to I not only design and make the product. So if I'm going to do an ad, I'm going to do it for something that I can make. And then I'm going to shoot it with my own camera, using my, sourcing my own model. And then you know, I want to probably even make the logo for the company. So I would show up with things that didn't look as good as the professional tire ad. But, you know, technically they had a, a fucking million dollar budget, you mm-hmm. know, and I would show up and I'd be like, yeah, this. I'm like, okay, well, I don't think the photo is the greatest. You should have chosen something. And I was like, well, that's, that's my wife. I used her. And they're like, wait, you took this photo? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, wait, so what is this? And I'm like, oh, I printed that shirt. I made that logo. I came up with all the text, like, and they're like, wait, so you designed everything in this. And I was like, yeah, that's what we're here to fucking do, right? You mm-hmm. fucking jerk offs. Yeah. So I just, I love the fact that like, yeah, you can own entire projects. Um, And I enjoy building more than anything. I think we started out by saying like, yeah, I, I, I'm a designer creator and it's like, well, yeah, man, I want to create every single part of it. Right. Like, I'm not going to like, even this room, I'm not going to have someone come in and be like, Hey, yeah, just set up the podcast room, make it super professional and fun. It's like, wait, I have an opportunity to design an entire room. Yeah. This is fucking great. You know, it's like we have plans for the walls, but the reason it's not done yet is because I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. because I want to build it with my hands. Mm -hmm. So it just means a lot to me. Yeah. No.
0: And I, you know, somebody like in the building who I still managed to get in until they lock me
1: out, but (laughs) (laughs) gate goes up tomorrow, bro. (laughs) I don't have an employee key card, but I find ways in. Yeah. So we have these strict rules, right? And uh, we want to make sure no one can get in the building. So all the doors are locked except for one door. And we're not going to tell you where it is. So Georgia just found the door, but he walks in with such confidence <laughs> that my staff is, is instructed to stop anyone entering the building. And they just let you walk in. And you've done it so many times now where they're <laughs> like, well, he, he works here, right? <laughs> it's like, no, he doesn't work. Here. Stop him. And they're like, but he has such confidence. <laughs> and I'm even the one that starts the conversation. I'm like, hey, how's it going, yeah, man? Yeah, how you doing today? Yeah, you all the order's out. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you're the guy that I'm supposed to stop, but you're asking me questions. So yeah, yeah, I love going it. great, man. I, I love it. it. And I you know it. what I love about that? That was
0: like... Your stamp and like your DNA and your visions on everything, like this building alone, like whenever people get to tour this, come to an event here, like the lighting, like blows my mind. And like you look up and there's like this attention to detail absolutely everywhere. Like you notice, you see it all. And I look like from the outside, like I knew of you before we met and I look at it and I was like, one of the biggest secrets, and we talked about this, is that you have this like unwavering commitment to detail. Yeah, And I watch it come up and everything. And I watch people get stuck and they're like, well, I can't figure it out or it didn't work. And like, it's a fucking mess. And I was like, if you just took some pride in that one thing. And I mean, like, you'll notice stuff, like we'll yeah. be across the room
1: and you're like, oh, it's an eighth of an inch off across the yeah, wall. Yeah, and, and that's that's the terrible thing is I notice everything <laughs> wrong. Ugh. Yeah, Like I see, I, I, I can't help it, man. Yeah. It's it's that attention to detail, which kicks my ass. It's, it's funny you said unwavering attention to detail. So we were trying to come up with a line for Flagner Fail and, like, who is it for and, and, and things like that. And then we did this maybe, like, six months ago. We haven't, like – I think it's – the apparel we put it on is starting to come out soon. Okay. But it's a unwavering dedication to mm. – and then we leave it blank for – and that's who we decided – who we want involved with the brand. Yeah. That unwavering dedication to something, whether it's your sport, whether it's your craft, whether it's your kids, like, whatever it is in life. But, like – it's it's so crazy like you have the you have that opportunity, right? Like mm-hmm. you can be obsessive and take super pride in something even if you're not the fucking best, yeah. right? Like you can sit around and paint all day and like put everything and you have something and it might still technically not be that good, but who fucking cares, man? Like yeah. if as long as you put everything into it, that's dope. And it blows my mind when I see people not do that. Mm-hmm. Like wait, so you have the opportunity right now to like fucking pull it out and impress everyone and put everything into this and you're choosing to go through the motions. Yeah. I don't, I can't relate to you. Yep. Like it's just, I don't even know what to talk about now. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the big things I
0: notice. in you know, I know, you know, previous times in my life, like I would get stuck, but do you feel like a lot of your confidence in success comes from the fact that like, you're like, I build everything. I'm responsible for everything. Yeah. Like there isn't a roadblock. It's like, oh, I'll build a bridge over it. I'll yeah. buy and the that, tractor to go through it.
1: Well, I think starting off early is, uh, even like in high school and things like that, um, is finding the roadblock. Yeah. And then like, so, I mean, we'll go back to fucking, um, uh, like playing in the woods when I was younger, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to go back as far as possible. That's why yeah. I started, but like, I'll go back to like when I was like four years old. Yeah. So my brother was a, one years old. So he was inside, but like, I didn't have any friends mm-hmm. and we always lived out in the woods. So I didn't have anything to play with. They never gave me toys. They never gave me anything. So I would just literally be outside. So I learned how to make things out of sticks. And like, I learned really on that. Like this dirt is different than that dirt. And this clay can hold things together. And like, you know where to get bigger sticks and how to get them and you know just like things that you have to figure out if you're going to play games by yourself in the woods and how to keep myself busy and it's like well, even if i look back at that it's like well that defined how then i started making things with my hands right that's how, how i started sewing like being bored and needing something to do and like hitting these roadblocks if there's nothing to do i don't have any friends i'm in the middle of fucking nowhere so i found out even coming up to dana which which my wife literally was the best in the world at something, which yeah. I always need to remind myself, that's not something that happens. Like, <laughs> like, there's not many of those people out there that you're like, essentially, like, I won the Olympics for bodybuilding, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, I always just forget because she's just a, a normal little person. But even that, like, we head-on hit roadblocks with her. Mm-hmm. You know, every single supplement company, um, there's actually one of them that we hit up and we, like, we brought her up <laughs> Twice, And then someone brought her up a third time. And I saw the email back. And it was, if anyone ever brings this fucking girl's name up to me ever again, you're fired. We're not interested. She's not our look. If you ever bring her up, you're fucking fired. Mm. And I was like, whoa, they really don't like Dana's look. And everyone told us to change it. Two years later, that same guy at dinner offered me a quarter million dollars a year to sponsor her. And we said no. Yep. And like, I'm not exaggerating a quarter million dollars mm-hmm. and he's like because he ha- he said well how much would it cost to get dana on the team and i was like quarter million dollars a year and he's like, okay i was like fuck no <laughs> yeah i was like well let me think about it like and we went back and we we're like no man sorry i didn't know how to like i wasn't ready for him to say okay honestly but like everything about her that makes her special mm-hmm. was essentially the roadblock mm-hmm. you know her hair her shoulders her lack of breasts her fucking Her abs were too big. Her legs were too thick. Like the way she trained wasn't right. The music she listened to, the way she acted, like nothing was right. Yep. 100% roadblock. So we just figured a way around it and it became the biggest strength. And that's every time I hit a roadblock, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like this is, if I get around this, this becomes my new superpower. Mm -hmm. So let's figure out a way around this. And I just have a new superpower in my, in my book bag.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I love like, witnessing. And even in the short time, like we've known each other in, I don't know, in IRL in real life. Um, <laughs> in real life, like, I think that it took me years to get there, right? Because they used, they used to debilitate me and they'd get down. And like, when you hit one of those roadblocks, though, mm-hmm. like do you sit back and assess or do you like charge full in? Like, I mean, I've known you when you've hit a few of them. Yeah. Like, what's your process like?
1: To go uh, so, that. this, like last week was, was a great example. Yeah. Um, last week fucking got my dick kicked in, bro. Yeah. Like, it was the first time, it was the first time in a long time where I was like, why am I doing all of it? Like, maybe I should just stop. Cause I have enough money. Yeah. I have enough income streams. Like, everybody thinks I'm a fucking idiot. No. Because of my hair and everything. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. nice. But I'm, I'm not. I've strategically put my money in places where I, I could have retired a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, and lived comfortably. I don't need that much shit sell all these dumb fucking cars. But this week was the first week in a long time where I was like, what, why am I doing all this? Yeah. And then like, I got hit with a tax payment from another brand and I was like, what? And then run everything. We're rebranding. So there's no money coming in. So I did the math and I was like, Oh cool. So $35,000 a month just needs to go out and the brand has nothing in the bank account. Yep. And then you know, Flagner fail, we ran into some issues where, like, we don't know where a lot of product is and, like, all these different things. There's people online trying to fucking take me out yeah. when they fully don't realize that I'm fucking invincible. And, like, just everything was, like, why am I doing all of this? Yeah, And I felt like that for half an hour, maybe. And yeah. then it fucking clicked. And I was, like, oh, it's because I'm a fucking killer. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more that you fucking kill, the more shit comes at you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course... I'm getting hit with all this stuff because that's what happens when you're doing big shit. So Austin and I, I think Tuesday, decided we were launching Clear Calculate and Vicious. Yep. So like normally what happens is, if I get my dick kicked in and I'm feeling like sorry for myself, I come out the other side, Keep going. I come out the other side and just fucking rip. Yeah. Like we came out of Monday with so much like fire. That like we've been he gets here before the sign turns on. I know
0: I watch his videos. He gets
1: here before five a.m. and he does he does so much work. By the time I get here at five thirty, and then we work for half an hour. We start at six, and like by the time everybody gets here, we're like three four hours into our day, and we're so fired up. We've like done the sauna for half an hour. We've done cardio, and like then everybody leaves at four o'clock. And dude, we've been here till eight eight thirty every night, and I don't know. Like, fucking back me into a corner, man. Well, no, I noticed, too. I like, love it.
0: As a friend, I noticed. I'm like, okay, quiet, quiet, quiet. And I was like, oh, program's out. And I was like, boom. And then Rags, just so everybody knows, Rags has been prepping for the Olympia. So he's yeah. He's And you,
1: the biggest thing that he's proud of and that I'm proud of him for is, like, he's never once done any of the typical shit. Yeah. He's never once said, like, I'm tired. He's never once been like, oh, I'm hungry or I have to train. You don't even know he's prepping. No. Like, I complain about being hungry more than he does. Like, Mm -hmm. he's made it a point that if you were not aware, you would never in a million years know that he's prepping for uh, amateur Olympia. No. It's fucking wild because everyone likes to bitch, right? Everyone likes to be like, oh, cardio, so I'm so tired or whatever the fuck. It's like, dude, he's putting out there's more coming out of that dude right now. Yeah. Like internally, externally than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. It's insane.
0: And I mean, I even made a point to ask him cause I was like, Hey man, how you doing? He's like, great. He's like, God, my body's
1: fighting back a little bit, but that's easy. And I was like, I know.
0: bro, I know the hours you work. Yep. I know what you guys are doing. Your workouts, your everything. It's yeah. insane.
1: Yeah. We, yesterday, uh, he hit me up and we got there and I was like, how are you? He was like, my, uh, I was like, I woke up at 1:25 yesterday, and he's like, and I couldn't, my body wouldn't let me go back to sleep because he's he's too, essentially, he's just too lean. Yeah, and uh, so he's up at one twenty five. so he just came in early and kept working. So he was tired, so I just turned on like some of his classic, his classic rock, which is like Freeway and Meek Mill, uh-huh. and just like cranked it and we turned it up. I died halfway through the workout and he like was gaining steam. Yeah. He's a fucking monster, dude, and he's silent. Yeah. He is just a silent assassin. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh-huh. It's crazy to watch, but like we're feeding off of each other right now. Totally. And I'm trying to make sure that I don't like burn myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're dude right now. We're in this weird fucking it's cool. And that anytime anything goes really, really wrong, that's how we respond. You know? And I think that it's like the sleeping giant or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's if everything's going well, it's like, Oh, well we're not doing enough. And yeah. then we normally build it up enough where it sets itself on fire Because there's things we're not good at, you know, and it'll set itself on fire and then we'll crash. And on the way down, we figure out how to build a new fucking airplane that's faster and we Mm -hmm. zoom up higher. So just being aware of how this all works is nice too. And I think that's something people need to do is like in the coaching group, a lot of people are like, well, confidence and how do you do this? And it's like, oh, you have to do enough stuff where... When you set the plane on fire at that high thing, you realize that on the way down, you're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn. You're going to go back up. Because I think a lot of times people do something big, and when it starts to crumble, you think that this is the end of the world. Yep. And now I'm at a point in time where I'm like, oh, no, nothing. That's why I'm so confident with being fucking invincible. because. I am. Yeah. Like, zero question in my fucking brain.
0: Yeah, it took me 12 years to realize that confidence yeah. came from me getting my face smashed. Yeah. In so and once you times. realize, you're like, yeah,
1: there's nothing you can do. I'll try fucking anything. Yeah. Everything seems so upside down, and you're like, eh, oh, what? Yeah. And I was like, how are you cool right now? It's and like, then now, through shit.
0: now the meta part is me catching when I'm creating my own punch in the face because I was like too complacent, right? Because you're used to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, myself self-sabotaging right now. I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. Yeah. Damn it. Why did I do this? Yep. I do the same thing. Yeah. And it's like, I need like a bomb to be dropped or something yeah. to go. And yeah, it's huge. Now you talk
1: about rags all the time and just yep. for context. I you, guess that is weird. I'm just saying the word rags. Yeah, no can we knows. give context on like who Austin is? Like, yeah, so Austin, A.K.A. Rags, rags. which is his nickname, because his last name is Rag. Now he uh, he came on really small. I mean, he he's from Philly, um, really small town Philly. Like, he knows his street, everything like that. And he always wanted a design job where he could sort of do anything. So he uh, applied for a job one day. I hired him like as my sort of like intern sidekick, and he's just like lived next to me i mean we've we slept in the office together like not together but (laughs) on separate mattresses in the office like like launching brands realizing hey man for the next two weeks like you and i sleep in this office together where we both wake up at five we get showered we train we work all day we go to sleep at 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night um and he's just always down and when we moved to montana he was with a few people that essentially wanted to come Um, and he's just got stronger and stronger and he's learning on his own. He's learned a bunch of stuff from me. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's me. We're we're the same, we're the same person. He has a bunch of different traits than I do, but he, he's me. I mean, the conversation we had upstairs right before this, like Mm -hmm. scary. Like we, we, we talked, we were having a meeting where we were frustrated about something. We started talking about another brand and we were like fucking ripping. He's sitting there typing and he's ripping too. Like we're all. Just fucking fired up, being like bah ba-ba-bah. And at the end of the 10-minute conversation, he turned around, he made the entire branding package while we were talking. Yeah. And I was like, Wait, <laughs> you designed a logo, assembled scrap photography, located a model, like what weren't you in the conversation with us? He was like, Yeah, I made this. He's just I've never met anybody like him. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's incredible. So one
0: of the things that I hear all the time, like I know you, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, but I hear people all the time. It's like, well, he has this and he has this and everybody looks at like the highlight reel. But like one of the things that I respect so much about you and Dana Mm -hmm. and rags and everybody that I know, nobody sees what really happens. Like you slept in a warehouse with like Mm -hmm. barely a working toilet to build a brand for years to get that going. Like, And I I think that it's a different level. Like your commitment to the craft is like, there's no way this isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make this work. But I I feel like everybody sees the Porsches, the airplanes, the building, and they're like, oh, everything's great. And I was like... Yeah, but I drive by when I land at the airport and you guys are still here. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm going to the airport at 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh, Rags is doing cardio right now. Yeah. And I see it. Yeah. Have you always kind of been like that from a childhood, or is that something you learn? You're like, I'm just gonna go all hard. Um,
1: I think so I got, you know, I, I think a lot of people um like it, I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound like a really bad hardship, but it's not. But I got thrown out when I was seventeen. Yeah. And uh I didn't have a car or anything. So I had to like ride my bike to the restaurant and then work just insanely long hours. Like that was a dishwasher. They didn't, they didn't care. They were like, they didn't care. I had school tomorrow. Nope. They didn't care that I had football practice. They were just like, no man, like you got to work till the dishes. So the dishes would be done at two. And I just, I just grew up always thinking that's how you work. Like my mm-hmm. dad on the weekends to prove points used to wake me up at 4am to go cut firewood. I don't know, looking back now, it's like, we had heat in our house. Why the fuck were we, <laughs> why do we need so much firewood, right? But like, dude, every Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday morning, he'd make me cut firewood from fucking 4 a.m. And we'd be out there till like 1. Mm. And like, we had so much for no fucking reason. And I just thought that's how you do everything. You do everything the hard way. You know, you change your own, own oil. Like, you fucking, if you, anything goes wrong with your vehicle, you do it yourself. Anything goes wrong with your house, you fix it yourself. So... I grew up seeing a lot of that and like working with my hands and, and then working in restaurants, same thing. It was like, well, yeah, we come in for the prep shift. We get there at 10 AM. I leave at four. I go train for one hour. I get back at five and then we start. Mm -hmm. And then you work the whole way through the night and then you have to clean your own stuff. And like you get done at midnight and then you come and do it the next day and you do it seven days a week. And I just thought that's what you did. Mm -hmm. You know, all the business owners I knew, that's what they were doing. They're just working their fucking ass off. So at some point in time, I realized, like, okay, you don't need to work that hard. Like, yeah. you can get smarter, but I really enjoy the work part, you know? So where I could pay someone else to, you know, like, so we're going to do this whole wall on turf. Yeah. So I could pay someone to hang up all the turf and be like, well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Like, it's going to bring me a lot of satisfaction. Like, mm-hmm. I have all the money in the world, so I could what, go to Mexico right now or I could put the turf up. I'd rather be hanging turf on this wall because it's going to be fun, you know? And then when I'm done, I can be proud of it. So I just like the hard work aspect and... If I need to sleep in a warehouse, I'll sleep in a warehouse.
0: What I think you just said something that I think is like one of the most important points. Like you're not building a business to escape your life No, and you don't need a vacation from it. You're like, Hey, it's just as fun for me to put turf on a wall in the world I'm building as it would be to go to Mexico with Dana. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the most important parts. Like you don't go build stuff and pour stuff that isn't aligned that doesn't support Mm -hmm. you. I'm only doing stuff I want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like there is things I don't really want to do. Yeah. I don't, I like, I don't want to do my taxes. Yeah, me neither. So like, I pay, I pay someone to do that. I don't even um, want to talk to them on the phone. I'm like, don't call me. No, I, I better not talk to them. Give me a panic attack. Exactly. Uh, and like, I don't like... The other thing I realized recently, and this is a newer thing, and I'm, I'm still trying to sort through it, is I don't like managing employees. Mm-hmm. And I just redid... So I just launched Clear Calculated and Vicious, yep. um, which is like my mentorship program. I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right. Um, now that I've talked to all my friends that are doing it, I'm doing it way different than they are. You are. I'm like, wait, okay. I'm like giving people homework. They're fucking, we're on a journey together. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the first week where all we're doing is dreaming. Yep. And my friends are like, oh no, we just talk about mindset. And I was like, but I do that on Instagram. I know. I love what you're doing. Yeah. I I fucking love it. I talk about mindset on Instagram and in podcasts. Like, why would I do that here too? So, anyway, um, in doing that, I'm doing the course with everyone because, of course, right? Yeah. And, the big thing is dreaming and like really becoming clear on my goals. And one of the things I'm really became clear on is like, Oh, I don't want to scale this company big. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause you know, I like fighting things. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be the next Nike or I'm going to be the next fucking DC or I'm going to be the next whatever. And I realized like, no, 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 no. Like I don't want that many employees. Yeah. Like I don't want a 300,000 square foot building. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even want to see more people than that up there. Yeah. I want better people around me. I want fucking killers around me because I know that when like, when you get that big, you know, from any corporate job I've worked at, there's just bodies and rooms. That's it. And that's not like, fuck. If that's the case, I don't want the brand anymore. Yeah. I'll go build something else. Yeah. So that's something that I'm really like ironing out recently is like how much I just want fucking killers around me. Mm-hmm. Like I need everyone to be able to control their future, answer their own questions, brainstorm, come up and execute. Mm-hmm. And then I want to be impressed by them. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what I'm working through right now is like, well, how much is that going to affect me in life? Like, am I not going to scale? Like I'm trying to sort through all those details, but I'm definitely sure that I don't want fucking hundreds of employees.
0: Yeah, no, I can see that for yeah. sure. What do you, what do you look for? Like, I think like when you talked about rags early, like you talked about Dana, like the people mm-hmm. around you, like for me, like I know, I have like seven extra gears based on my circle. Yeah, right. And it took me a long time to value that circle around me. Mm -hmm. Cause I would be like, oh, my my wife, my wife's like, you gotta stop fucking saving people. She's like, listen, you're not running like a human rescue here. Like, hey, you need people that are at your life. And I was like, oh yeah, it cost me lots of money and lots of lessons. And I think I learned it maybe, I don't know, seven months ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't learned it, bro. Bro, I still haven't, because I have, like, extra houses and extra cars and, like, all this stupid shit, right? Because in my head, I'm always like, well, what if someone needs a place to live? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, we, I've, I've put people in housing before, like, employees, and I'm like, hey, you know, like, you can just come in this house. And then they come in and they fucking trash it. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I don't even want to work here anymore. And they leave. I'm like, but you just lived in my house for six months for fucking free and you trashed it. Yep. But now our relationship's over and you're leaving and I'm a bad guy because you couldn't perform. Uh, interesting. Where I give people, like the other day, my, my, the, the, that red Tacoma was just like leaving the parking lot. And I was like, wait, who's driving the red Tacoma? And they're like, oh, blah, 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 but borrowed it. And I was like, okay. And he had it for like two weeks and he came back and I'm okay with that. Yep. Like, I guess I'm okay with that. Like, I didn't get a thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, listen, I'll trade you this. You borrow this vehicle for two weeks, and then you repay me by saying thank you, and we'll be even. No, don't even get that. So, unfortunately, I fuck up a lot with it. And now, of course, Sammy, my new assistant, lives in my farmhouse. I pulled (laughs) off Airbnb. I'm taking like a $10,000 a month a hit, and uh, she's living there for free. And it's like, no, but no, this is the right idea. a fucking idiot okay I feel so much better no dude I can't I can't fucking help it man like I I and I I know this too I have more faith and belief in people than Mm -hmm. they will ever have in themselves Mm -hmm. like when I see somebody and there's like a little glimmer of something I'm like oh you fucking have it yeah and like I root for them and I will do anything to make them fucking win yeah and then I realize, like at the end of it all I'm like Oh, you never even believed in yourself or gave a fuck. Yeah. It's just me.
0: Yeah. I can see that. Like you find possibility in everything. Yeah. I and, love it. And
1: I love that. And yep. I, I actually feel like
0: that's one of the reasons like you're so successful. Cause it's like when you hold that, it's an abundant mindset. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. place yeah. to be. There's no way it doesn't work. And you got to make sure that the people want to
1: be in there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just pull people in whether they like it and or like not. My
0: wife's like, we just bought this house for our second home. Why is somebody living with us? three weeks after we moved I'm like why I have
1: so many people living in my house right now I
0: was like I needed I needed them around me all the time and she's like and in our house and I was like well they can watch my kid and maybe you try to justify it it, yeah
1: Uh, oh yeah oh the
0: laundry list is huge and then every time they move out I'm hit with the okay so what did you
1: learn this time no one should live in our house (laughs) but we have all these extra bedrooms
0: and then now we're like building a glamping retreat in Montana that we're going to like have ceremonies at. And I was like, so what are we going to do with the yurts and stuff when nobody's (laughs) staying? She's like one rule. Yeah. No one that you work with lives here. And I was like, okay, got it. And she's like, they can go camping in the national park over there. Exactly. There's free land everywhere. (laughs) Free land everywhere in Montana. Oh my God. So let's talk about this TV show. What? I didn't know you had a TV show. Oh, Uh, that was
1: short lived. Yeah. It was short lived. Um, so I, I got contacted by, <coughs> fuck, I forget the dude's name. Um, anyway, and he was like, oh, dude, your, your life is amazing. I was like, thanks, man. He's like, we wanna give you a TV show. I was like, all right, cool. So they pitched us, they shot a trailer, they came down and shot a trailer, and uh, they also didn't realize how fast my life changes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, everyone that worked there, next time they came back, wasn't there, it was gone. Yeah. Uh, we had, one of the dudes was still worked there, and he was living in a trailer. Uh, on the side of the building, and I caught him stealing that day. So I fired him. And then when they got there, they like, all right. And they were like, where's that guy? And I was like, oh, I fired him this morning. And they're like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. So they, it was, dude, it was really weird. I didn't like the experience at all. But they pitched our show to Discovery Channel mm-hmm. and a couple other networks. And Discovery Channel said, yes, we'd love to have them. Let's film a trailer. And then, but we have to film a trailer. So nothing's guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. And then the other company was Rated Red, yeah, which I don't think even exists. They don't exist anymore. So they were owned by Complex, which was owned by Verizon, Okay, you know, uh, which they were trying to make a move on Comcast by offering on demand content. So they're filming all their own shows. So we were the 40th show they filmed and they were like, yes. We we will give you a giant budget. The budget was like over a million dollars for eight weeks, which was fucking crazy, <laughs> um, which I didn't know until the end. Um, I fucking paid me ten grand an episode, so eight weeks, eighty grand. Uh, they paid everybody on my team, not everybody on my team, but like most people on my team. And I was like, yeah, let's just fucking do that. Let's rip, dude. So they showed up, and the the guy that was producing it was from Viva La Bam. Yeah, and he was like, all right, so. I bought a bunch of fireworks and I was like, wait, who do you, like, who do you think? So it took like a week to try to figure out who we were Mm -hmm. because he just wanted us, he was explained to us like, oh, they're Viva La Bam with race cars. Yep. And I was like, I'm a fucking businessman. Like I'm working 12 hours a day and doing fun stuff. This
0: isn't jackass.
1: Yeah. This isn't jackass. And he was like, "Whoa, I don't know what to do then. And I was like, we need to figure it out. And I still need to work ten hours in a day. I can film for six hours, but I need to. Sorry, anyway, it was very painful. I tried to quit a couple times, um, but we ended up getting like a semi funny show. They wanted me to do a lot of fake stuff, which I'm like super against. Yeah, and I was that like, doesn't. That's not a new like DNA. pretending like I was buying an airplane. Yeah, and the, like so I surprised Dan. I was like, I bought an airplane, and they were like yeah, you pretend like it's yours. And I was like, but people are going to know it's not, my- I don't want to like pretend like I bought a fucking plane. I don't have my pilot's license yet. They're like, oh, we'll just, so those scenes, we just were like, Hey, man, I bought an airplane. They're like, Can you please make it believe them? I'm like, I bought an airplane. They're like you're mumbling all your words together. <laughs> so I just, I was like playing along cause we were under contract, but whatever. But yeah. we got some really, really good stuff and it launched and, It was painful to get through, but at the very end of it, we watched it. And I was like, this is actually really good. Yeah. And then Rated Red went under. They pulled all of their content off online. I never even thought to download it. No, you can't get it anywhere. No. And so it just, it completely vanished. Yeah. Now, it's for sale. All 42 or 40 40 shows are for sale. Like, you can go buy the entire thing. Now, they have, like, $300 million wrapped up in the 40 shows. But they're for sale. And I was like, so what does that mean? They're like, well, one day someone's going to buy it and you'll see the show pop back up somewhere. I was like, "Uh, see, that's why I like being in control of my (laughs) shit. Like, you know, that was the first time that I did something where I wasn't in control and I fucking regretted it. And my whole thought was, like, I could have done this on my own, made it way better, and then sold the whole show to Netflix or sold the whole show to something, but instead... You know? I mean, we all got paid. I learned a lot. That yeah. was like a learning process. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. I think the longest clip I found was
0: like three minutes. Yeah. Everything else. So you can go all the way to archive.org. You can try to find nope. the system files. It's, it's fucking gone. gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I stuff on my YouTube channel, like I have uh, trailers and things mm-hmm. like that they made me upload, but then that was it. And that was the other thing that frustrated me about that show is they didn't have any money to advertise because I didn't know the company was going out of business. Yeah. So uh, we were the last show and they're like, all right, it's time to advertise. And they're like, make sure you post all over your social medias. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing? You're fucking Verizon. And they're like, well, we don't really have a budget anymore. And I was like, well, what do you so you guys aren't going to promote this anywhere. Like you guys are doing shows. I forget who that, they, but they're doing like big time fucking shows. And I was like, you're not going to have them. And I'm like, no. Nah, nah. And then like we promoted it, it released. And then two weeks later, boom, vanished off the internet.
0: Yeah. That's like publishing a book too. They're like, Hey, you know, we're they're Like, Hey, it's time to advertise. i like, Cool, and they're like, what are you
1: doing? They're like, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. We're just going to print like, it. Oh,
0: luckily I'm hungry and I want this to work. Yeah. And yeah. I made it work, but I'll never publish with you But that's again. why you do everything on your own. Totally. You know?
1: I did. I published two books for yep. Dana and did them all on my own. And, like, dude, we sold – I wouldn't be surprised if we did 100,000 copies of, mm-hmm. of her handwritten journal that she just used to train. Like – That's dope. She she trained for the whole Olympia and, uh, and Arnold and, like, hand-wrote everything and then wrote notes like – Rob's in a really fucking bad mood today. He's making my workout really hard, but at least I have Kaya here. And that would be like her note for the workout or like, Hey, I'm really tired. I didn't get any sleep last night. Uh, I need to remember to hydrate tomorrow because my joints are just fucking rocked. And then we scanned all that and we assembled it into a book. And put it up and do we sold a hundred thousand copies of that yeah. and i was like yeah I'm, why would i go through a publishing house i'll just do it myself mm-hmm. i can put anything i want on amazon so yeah what
0: i what i love like even hearing you talk like obviously we talk all the time but yeah. like even interviewing i listen through a different lens and like that that theory like the threat of owning everything it's you have this beautiful way to look at everything like it's an ingredient in your own yeah. recipe. And I think that like it took me 10 years to be able Mm -hmm. to do that because I was like, oh, like even as a consultant, like I'm building it for them. And I was like, oh, this is still mine. Like I can leverage this. And I think that like for anybody listening to this, like the undertone of like every single thing that shows up that you build, that you create,
1: that you touch, like you have to look at it like it's an ingredient in your life. That's a really good way to put it. And that's why a lot of my, uh, my employees don't work because, you know. I look at them in being ingredients in the overall vision and they're like, how do you play in? But then the way that they hear themselves being ingredients is like, well, I'm being used. It's like, well, no, I'm paying you. Like, this isn't slavery. No, I'm, you're getting a paycheck every week and Mm -hmm. you're borrowing my car and living in my (laughs) life. (laughs) But like, so I'm, I'm trying to make it as good as I can. But I think a lot of times what happens internally for me is Yeah. I'm not a normal business owner. I'm living my fucking dream. I'm doing whatever I want. And like, my life is fucking awesome. And mm-hmm. if it's not awesome, I cut something out. But I think the problem is, they see that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people are inspired by that, but they don't have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally. that's And that sucks, because like, it sucks to see someone that's like, you know, I do the same thing cause I don't have abs. Right. So I see people that like, I'm, I'll just relate to something stupid like that. Which by the way, you launched your coaching program without abs. I do, You know, I'm I realize that it doesn't matter as much. I'm, prou- I'm proud mad- of you, Rob. Abs don't cause I'll explain the abs thing in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird rule I set in the moment. Right. So <laughs> I, uh, You know there's people out there that just have fucking abs Mm -hmm. and it comes easy to them and for me dude it's a fucking journey because i'm an emotional eater and i'm very passionate so Mm -hmm. i'm emotional the whole entire day (laughs) (laughs) so i'm either not eating because i'm working too hard and i I love it and i I don't want to eat or i'm winning and i want to celebrate or i'm losing and i want to fucking help myself so i have very bad discipline in the eating realm plus my wife's gorgeous and I'm not – and she still thinks I'm attractive no matter what. So it makes it really hard because I'm not single. I'm not out there on fucking Tinder trying to pick up girls. So, <laughs> like, if she thinks I look great, then do I really need to change? You know, no. So – but, like, for some people it's really easy. So I, you look at those some people and you're like, fuck, man, that dude just gets abs so easy. And, uh, and like, you are bitter towards him. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not sure why you're bitter, but you're bitter. And I think that's what happens with me a lot with – curating my own life and making this amazing universe that like, like, I think a lot of the employees, because I'm so passionate about the building, I think of it like, this is all of our building. I built Mm -hmm. this for us. But then they're like, well, no, dude, this is your building. Mm -hmm. Like every inch of this building was put there by you for a very specific purpose. And even though we understand the purpose, it doesn't feel like ours. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how do I know how to change that? Like, I don't, I, that's the part that I can't figure out. I also really, to be completely honest, have no interest in figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, and that's something I figured out with competing a long time ago uh, to all the competitors out there because bodybuilding is a sport that fucking eats you alive, right? Like you fucking virtually kill yourself to get on stage and then you win $17 <laughs> and a fake trophy <laughs> or you win nothing, nothing, right? Like, so Austin's going down to to Florida. I mean, the flights and everything probably gonna cost him three grand, yep. right? He's paid for a coach for these last however many weeks. Let's say that's another three grand, yep. six grand, NPC card, all that stuff. He's another hundred bucks. You know, another two hundred. Uh, what, what? What for Airbnb to stay down there plus tanning? That's like he's going to be in like long and short of it, maybe like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Plus all the extra clean food and all the like. You can't. You, the turkey has to be ninety nine to one. It can't be ninety seven to three. Yeah. So all that money goes in, and he's going to get like fourth place and get nothing, mm-hmm. but what I realized is like, oh, that's not their responsibility, man. They're giving you a stage. Mm-hmm. They're giving you the opportunity to really make a journey. They're giving you an opportunity to stand on a stage, to be a part of something, to work towards something, to utilize their name. Like, They're giving you a lot. If you're gonna be a fucking asshole and just look at it was how much money am I making? Are you gonna put me on a magazine cover? You're gonna be really let down. Yep. No, 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 no. Providing you with a stage that you don't even need to qualify to get on. It's not like a professional sports team stage. It's not like you're trying not to be in the NFL. This is fucking free. Mm-hmm. It's a 200 bucks to qualify to get on, and they give you a fucking stage. Yep. Sort of how I look at employees. Like I'm giving you an avenue. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a vehicle to get it, not a, a, a hypothetical vehicle. Got you. Um, I'm, or I'm giving you an avenue that if you want to sprint and make your life incredible, you can. You can. Yep. If you're just going to do your job, eventually I'm not going to be impressed by you and we're going to start clashing heads and you're going to go away. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I want. I don't want to kinder relationships. I don't want to make people feel good. I don't want to like try to raise employees. Mm-hmm. No, dude, I'm going to bathe everyone in fire and the right people will come out on top. Mm-hmm. So... And that's where Rags came from. That's exactly where he came from. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other people in this building like that too. I know I keep focusing on him, but oh, dude, totally. there's other fucking killers in this. Building. Oh yeah. So, no, yeah. I've met a few of yeah, them. Exactly. Like, we just keep mentioning Rags because I, I know, I know hey, Rags. He's, he's been here a very long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. And I love it. Like just even that fire. I mean,
1: I've trained with Dana once. <clears throat> <laughs> It's a lot. Like once. <laughs> it's a lot. Dude. And it was leg day. I don't train with her. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, why don't you train with her? I was like, because it's too much, man. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's like, it's too much. In addition to the rest of my day, I can't, that outputs too much for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I'm like, so glad we did this, Dana. Yeah. And I was like, have fun. I will like drive by and beep at you when you're it's in the too West. long. Building. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. We were doing legs and I was like, wait, we're supersetting what and what? And I'm not done yet. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna be able
1: to walk for three days.
0: So let's go back to this, the ab conversation real yeah. quick. So, oh. so here's what
1: happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you heard that. I, no one brought that up. So I was like, oh, maybe no one heard me say that. Oh yeah. No, no. That's so here's funny.
0: what happened. So like, I, I was like, Rob, you got to do this. You got to do this. She's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it when I get abs. And I was like, that's a stupid fucking. Reason. I wanted to set.
1: A, I wanted to set a goal for myself. So I was like, <laughs> "All right, listen. If I can get my shit together, because I've held off on doing um, a mentorship, program. a mentorship program for a very long time, right? Because like, I feel like everything needs to be going right in my life. Yeah. Or else, why the fuck am I mentoring people? Right? Like, if my life's a fucking shit show, dumpster fire, am I going to tell other people how to live <laughs> their life? You know. And and, and a great example is. Um, that I told in the group the other day, and it fucking clicked. And I was like, No, 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 no! My, like my losses are fucking superpowers. Yeah. So, warehouse gym started uh, a dream, whatever, and we started building it in the in the warehouse, right? And it was just for employees. But I wanted to buy flooring, and flooring was fourteen thousand dollars. And I was like, That seems like so much money. How do I make fourteen grand? And I was like, Ooh, we'll do a camp. So called in a favor from a friend. The friend came in, I don't know, it was like Flex Lewis or Steve Cook or some, mm-hmm. some famous male and then set that with Dana and then me and we did like this lifestyle camp and we brought in 20 grand. And I was like, oh, wait a second. And dude, and, and everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone loved it. It wasn't like, I, like we tricked people to come and ripped them off and like, no, we did this camp interactive seminar. And then the, two weeks later, I did it again and made 20 more grand. I was like, oh, wow. So we did it for like a year and made a fucking shitload of money, and also provided people with a really good experience. Like they were coming into essentially a gym that you can only see on the internet. There was an airstream in there. There was a deadlift platform where we deadlifted a raptor. Uh, there was just like the coolest shit ever, right? Like you could see, like, oh, there's Rob's bedroom. That's where he sleeps. <laughs> um, it was it was it was wild. And we'd cook him and give him food and everything. And then uh, eventually we took all that money and we bought a gym. Now I did it very. Lazily. Mm-hmm. I had someone else negotiate for me. I had someone else figure out all the leases. And like looking back now, I don't think he cared as much as I thought he cared. Um, so I I, I got fucked, but who cared? I had made a lot of money that year where I could just it was three hundred fifty thousand dollars in the gym, and I was like, Yeah, cool, I'll take that gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need a hundred another hundred and fifty thousand dollars to renovate it? Boom. But like I wasn't paying attention to the details because I was doing so many things and I was ripping so fast. So first regret there, right? And then when we were there, we never had to set up the structure of the gym. So we would show up every day and be like, hey bro, no eating McDonald's behind the desk. Uh, Hey, why aren't the toilets cleaned? And like we would correct day by day and it was was fine because I like working. So I like being interactive with the employees. And then we would do these camps there, which would make another 10 grand a month. So we're profiting. So essentially the gym's making 20 grand a month. So then we left. And as much as people think I care about money, I don't. So right away the gym like started going down in revenue, but I didn't care. Cause it's, I don't do it for the money. Like mm-hmm. I make money so that I can leverage it in other things that I like. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm fucking storing it all away and swimming in it. Like fucking, uh, what's that duck? Richie rich. Who is oh, the motherfucker God. that swam in the coins? I know what you're talking about. That's not me. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. Um, I have a funny story about not caring about money, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell that later. I had a million dollars in a suitcase. Um, maybe shouldn't tell this, but I had a million dollars in a suitcase and, uh, someone had to move it for something like there was some reason that the, that the million dollars got moved around in a suitcase and i i lost the suitcase for like three weeks <laughs> and then dana pulled up in her thing once and i was like oh let me take your forerunner i put groceries in the back and i was like dan there's a million dollars in this suitcase and she was like that's what's in that suitcase <laughs> but like i don't fucking care yeah you know but i think a lot of people do but i just want to make just enough to keep doing cool fucking shit so I realized it wasn't good to have just a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, around. yeah. Uh-huh. So as the gym started losing revenue, I didn't care, right? I was like, well, it's still clean. Obviously, we're losing money for a reason. It's not because members are unhappy, but it was because they started comping their friends and start not charging people and people realized that like there weren't any rules. Mm-hmm. But I didn't yeah. care because it was still a cool environment. Anyway, trajectory went to where it started losing money, couldn't really figure out why, and then eventually it went out of business and COVID killed it off. So like I look at that as a huge fucking loss, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had a public gym and now it's out of business. Mm-hmm. But once I started doing the coaching program, I'm like, oh no. I've literally been through private gym, making tons of money, uh, public gym, making tons of money, public gym falling apart, clear as day. Why? And then closing and fire selling a public gym and fully aware. Why? So Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, I know every, every part of that curve makes total sense. Wow. That's worth a lot of money now. Like that's some valuable fucking information for a gym owner. Like I can tell them what they're doing wrong, what they're doing. Right all along I thought that was a loss mm-hmm. so like I didn't feel qualified because of that and now I realize like well now it was a, a small chapter in my life that makes me hella fucking qualified because if I started another gym now which I don't want to do but if I did yeah I know everything right and wrong to do yeah. so I was waiting on abs but <laughs> I realized that like I don't need fucking abs bro no nah. you know
0: no nah. No, I got a really sage piece of advice from Tucker Max one day. And he's like, you can never write a book that you're still in the middle of. And I was like, oh, dope. And I was like, oh, but I've written 40 books in my life already that yeah. I can talk about and teach while I'm writing the next one. Exactly. And I was like, that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. And so there's a question that I I always end with because I want to be present at times to get somebody to the airport. Um, and I always say, if you could leave everybody in this episode, right, they'd didn't remember one thing you said mm-hmm. and you could tattoo anything on their soul, what would it be? And that's what I would ask you. But I kind
1: of want to lead this one and I want you to explain what fuck you kill everything. I means. was going to say, fuck you kill everything. It's something I ran from for a very long time. Yeah. I thought it was too aggressive. I love it. I, I I thought it was too aggressive and I kept it private for myself and I got corrected. And this is not just to name drop, but it's <laughs> also because like, I feel like I owe the guy so much now, Andy Frisella. Yep. Um, it's, we have a really cool relationship where like we only call each other sort of when we need something. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, hey, man, I need you to introduce me to this. It's like, hey, man, I need like either life advice or I need to make sure that I'm on the right track. He does it to me. I do it to him. And I was telling him, I was like, yeah, man, I, th- I'm trying to figure out core values because that's something like a company does. Like First Form does it the best in yes. the industry. And I was like, yeah, and I can't figure it out. And, uh, and he's like, well, you always say the same thing to yourself, right? I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. Kill everything. And he's like, that's it. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not putting that on my wall as, (laughs) and he's like, bro, that's it. And I was like, nah, man, like I need to get something nicer for the employees. He's like, wait, 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 who's the most successful fucking killer in that building? And I was like, me. And he's like, okay, so the most successful, powerful person has the most powerful idea. And you're going to water that down and make a simpler version because you think you're better than everyone. And I was like, well, I'm not, I don't think I'm better than everyone. He's like, then explain to them what the fuck it means and make them come up to the level that you're on. And I was like, Mm -hmm. whoa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, fuck, you kill everything. So, when everything's going completely wrong, like last week, right? Yeah. There's such a tendency to act like a victim. Like, we all know that. Like, Mm -hmm. you want to be like, oh, it's so cold. My joints hurt because it's going to (laughs) storm. I can't train. Right? And then... (laughs) Get out of my head, Rob. (laughs) I know. I'd use that one specifically for you. No, but like it's such a – you just want to be a victim. Like, oh, all this money is going on. I work so hard and no one ever respects me and blah, blah, blah. Where the fuck? Or, you know, I'm not given the right things or just the fucking victim shit. And I do it. Mm -hmm. Like I do it where I'm like, well, I'm not – I don't have abs because of this. And like Dana has them because she doesn't have to work as hard as me because I'm working to take care of her. <laughs> <laughs> and like you get super bitchy.
0: This is why we're And friends. then I
1: fucking snap myself out of it. So like the fuck you is fuck you, Rob Bailey. Mm-hmm. Like fuck you, Rob Bailey. You have control over this situation. Fuck you, Rob Bailey. You don't need money to do this. Fuck you, Rob Bailey. You don't have to go home tonight. You can sleep in the fucking warehouse. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Rob Bailey. No one owes you shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Rob Bailey. Like the building is on you. Mm-hmm. Advertising is on you. You didn't specify, you didn't give them clear enough direction to execute. That's why they're not execute. It's your fucking fault. You're the fucking leader. So it's essentially like the, the, the extreme ownership thing. Right. Yep. And then the next step is kill everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that like that Rambo mentality of like, no, mow down everything around me and nothing lives, mm-hmm. but with tasks, yeah. you know, it's just the most aggressive way to say it. Fuck you, kill everything. So when people hear fuck you, kill everything, they're like, fuck me? No, fuck you. And it's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not even talking to you. No, I'm like, <laughs> like, fuck me. Yeah, you're not even involved in this. Yes. I'm here by my fucking self. Yeah. The accountability is on Rob Bailey. And then Rob Bailey's going to solve it. And not only is he going to solve it, but he's going to solve it so well that nothing is living when he's done. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, kill everything, man. Like it's It helps me through so much shit. Mm-hmm. I, I use it. I bought a hoodie it, with it. I love it,
0: And then really funny Lindsay's like hey are you doing a podcast with rob tomorrow i'm like yeah she's like what is this f-k-y-e yep. and i'm like f-y-k-e and she's like yeah. i'm like fuck you kill everything and she's like oh i get it yeah because my wife's most, a killer most people don't most people are like what you yeah, know my wife my yeah. wife's my wife's a savage just yeah. in her power all the time so we're gonna have to do a number two okay sometime Yeah, whenever I do. But for now, oh, of course I know where you are. For now, uh, I'm going to make the recommendation that everybody listening go follow you on Instagram. Okay, kill Rob Bailey. Kill Rob Bailey. We'll explain that in number two. (laughs) Yeah, we'll explain that. We'll just just open a ton of loops right now. We'll talk about the million-dollar suitcase in depth the next time. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about kill Rob (laughs) Bailey. I've
1: never said that because I'm always scared that people are still going to think I still have it. Oh, yeah, no. And then they're going to jump, like, rob me. We live in Idaho. Yeah, Idaho's beautiful. It's
0: beautiful. Don't ever go to Montana. It has no freedom.
1: Well, I realized when the fires started that I shouldn't have that much money in my house. Oh yeah. So it went away because I was like, wait, money burns. Yeah. Oh yeah. I should, I should go away. I shouldn't hold this. And we had some smoke this season. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So if you're wondering, go to Idaho. It's beautiful there. Um, and it's free freedom. Thank you for being here. No problem, man. Thank you. Well, actually, I should thank you, you for letting house. me be in your studio. Anytime, anytime you need it, man. That's
1: the thing I like about the studio. I want to get it set up um, and so people can come record here. I love it, man. Yeah.
0: Thanks for being here. Everybody listening, uh, go check out Rob. Don't DM him. Just go engage yeah, with this stuff. You can DM me if you want. I'm not going to read it. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't DM him. You can DM me. Have you ever DM'd me? I don't think you have. Bro, you should check your DMs. Ah, fuck. <laughs> You've responded to like three of them. Um DM me and I'll tell Rob at some point what your biggest takeaway was.
1: There we go. Okay. We'll, do,
0: we'll do this through osmosis. I'll yep. summarize in respect. But everybody, check it out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want 5 minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club. Fill out the application and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.